We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After seeing that crowd at Rep Arena, what was that like? I know you guys were there last night. Um, how was it? Yeah, it was fun. I was there for Fox, and I was actually telling Rooster Tim before the game, I was like, you know, I thought the line was six and a half. And I was right. like, if it gets to seven or seven and a half, it's a little high. It's kind of like you're kind of out of the realm of like a couple late game free throws. You know, if it's like, you know, five, six, like it can get there easily with late game free throws. That was pretty high. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if some money got put on Miami late. So I didn't see the final line either. But, man, it didn't matter. That that game was almost a 30-point game that at the point there in the second half. And one of the big takeaways, Trace, was like, you know, Kentucky went on that early run, looked good. Miami came back with their run. That was a huge, like, 18-1 run or something. Yes. And then Kentucky responded with, a run of their own, right? That's just basketball, right? Game of runs. But then that next Miami run just never came. It the next punch never came. It was game was over by the by first half, it felt like. And so I thought it was pretty impressive how they were able to kind of hold off any chance for Miami to get back in the game. They never really had another run, another punch. And that's a good sign because you know, St. Joseph's game, you know, they you know, that game obviously went to overtime. They weren't able to put that game away, but they put Marshall away. And you think, okay, Miami's eighth in the country, so you, you can only compare it to the Kansas game. And it felt like there weren't a ton of, like, crazy runs in that Kansas game. It was kind of just two, like, awesome teams just kind of duking it out. And yeah. uh, and so I think it was a good sign that they went on a couple runs, held off Miami, and, and just controlled the last, like, 25 minutes of the game. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, that let's just get right into it. Those runs, that was the, the and, and then the uh, there was ten minutes left in the first half. Um, Kentucky, or let's see, Kentucky, I got it wrote right here. Kentucky went on a seventeen-five run late in the first half, and then followed by a seventeen-to-five run by Miami, and then that. So, let's the point I'm getting at is Reed Shepard came out of the game. Miami goes on a seventeen-to-five run the second he goes out. Um, as soon as he comes back in, sorry, I'm losing my notes right here. Let's see. I think it was more. I think it was, I thought it was like 18 to one, 18 to two run here it for is. Miami or something crazy. Like I might be wrong, but Here's I'll a, look at the play by play. Yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky went on a 17 to five run with Reed Shepard in for the majority of that. The second he goes out, Miami goes on an 18 to 18 to two run. 
Uh, then at where you approach halftime right then and there, uh, they didn't score the last three minutes of halftime when Reed Shepard came back in and Kentucky started on a big run to start the second half, like 23 to like two or three. So Reed Shepard was in for those runs. When he was out, we we definitely felt that. Um, what about his his performance, you know, through seven games? It's been phenomenal. Like some of I was telling my brother when he was here watching the game with me, I'm like, you think, you know, you players would have to have time to adjust the college level. They're not going to be as good as you think they are. They need time, kind of like DJ Wagner did. Reed Shepard has immediately, there's no adjustment time. He has performed at the highest level, arguably one of the best freshmen in the country. And he's doing it in more ways than just scoring. What about the Reed Shepard saga that we're getting into the era from him and his freshman debut at Kentucky? Yeah, man, I feel like, you know, Obviously, everybody talks about him being overshadowed, not just because, you know, he's just like a smaller white boy. You know, you don't think that he'd be crazy, but also overshadowed because he was the four star in this group with four other five stars. Right. Like he, you know, some had him as a five, but he was a four star. The others were five stars and he comes in and is just like the best player on the court last night. And, you know, for him to shoot with confidence is a big sign, especially in these big games. I was telling you after that Kansas game, he was shooting the ball with confidence. He was three for three, you know, going into that last timeout, as we talked about. And, you know, he buried, what, seven against Marshall. He goes uh, five for nine from three. And a few of those were, like, late, you know, kind of garbage. He was, like, five for six, five for seven going into the end of the game. That's pretty impressive stuff. So he's confident. Um, his defense is amazing. He – you know, he blocks the shot on that three-point shot. It's like, who is this kid? Like, how does he keep doing oh. this? And he's done it multiple times. And I asked him after the game, uh, I was like, I first asked him about what's it, you know, being comfortable, you know, because he's played in Rupp Arena. He played at North Laurel in the Sweet 16 twice in that building, but you can't replicate the level of speed and, you know, difficulty of the college game. So it's impressive that he jumped right in. I was like, what was the key to you, you know, making that transition so quick? He just said, I give it to my teammates. We got here early and, you know, guarding DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves and Rob Dillingham and even Justin Edwards in practice helped him get better with defense right away. And I, and then I asked him, I was like, Hey, did you block any of their shots in practice? He's like, yeah, I blocked a couple of theirs. And then they stopped, they stopped shooting as many when I was guarding them. I was like, there you go. So it's it's pretty funny to see that. And I mean, you rarely see guys go up and like block three point shots from the perimeter. That's insane. Except him. I mean, he's done it a couple times this year, and he's the only one. Uh, Reed is that guy. I know we keep harping on this, but it's valid. He keeps getting somehow does it better and better each game. He can do almost everything on the court. I mean, there's I don't think there's a all more all around player on this team than him. I think his. I remember when the game was over, his stat line was like. I think it team high 21 points, but then it, on, in terms of rebound, assists, steals, um, blocks, it, I mean, it was like five, four, and three across. Like he was doing everything, had his hand in every aspect of the game. Um, and going off that, you know, with DJ Wagner, we saw him get kind of injured right before the halftime and came out on the bike and then never returned. Um, Kentucky rolled him out. There's still no update on him, but we saw Reese Shepard take over point for the entire second half, just kind of like we did in the whole blue white game this um, offseason. So I think. You know what? That's got to be a good feeling when you know which we already didn't know this, but when you have it kind of backed up, of you have another point guard who can just run this offense. With you know, there's no drop off. I, honestly, it, I mean, I want DJ Wagner as the guard. I'm not saying that, but 
it was that second half was better than the first half with the read at point guard. I'm not calling for him to be point, but like there was no drop off there at all. That's a damn good feeling to have two point guards when we spent a couple of years not having very solid ones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel what you're saying. Like, you know, you didn't even need DJ Wagner to win that game. You know, you yeah. didn't need him to play at all. And even when he went out, even if you didn't have the lead, even if you were behind 10, you were still going to win that game with, with him out, which was crazy. Uh, you know, it's a slippery slope because you obviously are going to need him and there are going to be some games when Reed just doesn't show up and and you need DJ who just scored like 25, right? I mean, he's still an insanely good player. So um, you still need him and he'll figure it out. But um, I like Reed's ability to just kind of like run the show. Like you said, you know, just run on the point. I like his confidence and I like that you know, how he plays off with Rob, you know, we can transition to Rob because, you know, he gets what, you know, only 12 off the bench. I felt like it was more, but also nine assists. I mean, that's insane too. So you talk about that bench production, pretty impressive. And so, you know, if DJ is going to miss some time with that ankle, you know, you're, you're okay because, you know, these other guards are playing really well. Yeah. I mean, last year we saw, you know, we knew if Antonio Reeves was out, Oscar, I mean, things were going to get pretty bad. We had to rely on them for a bunch. And, of course, you don't want anybody to get injured. But like you just said, DJ Wagner can take as much time off as he needs. Let's hope it's not that long. But, like, we saw no drop-off. They just beat number eight Miami at home by 22. They were up by 25 at one point. Uh, so it's clear we've got a deep bench. Um, the production off the bench is insane. Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, uh, that, that leash is getting quicker and quicker for them to come right off in the beginning of the game, right off the bench as the sixth and seventh guys at the same time. And, you know, it's almost like in terms of guard play, pl- platoon in it. You just come and let them other guys come off, get a, a fresh breath real quickly. And Reed Shepard and Raleigh, Rob Dillingham, there's to, to tear someone up immediately, but no time off for them to catch a breath. Uh, so that's that's a good feeling going forward. Um, you know, it's looking like we might even in terms of injuries and getting guys back. Looks like there was a report that just came out about Aaron Bradshaw might be here this Saturday. You know, it's probably going to be limited minutes, but it's aiming for him to suit up against UCM, uh, UNC Wilmington this weekend on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be fun. And, you know, he kind of let it slip on his IG live. You know, I don't know if you saw that clip, but he kind of let it slip. But I wouldn't be surprised if he still is held out. Um It'd be nice if he plays in that Penn game so that he actually has a game under his belt for that North Carolina game, you know, because that's obviously a big one. And, uh, you know, you want him to play in that game if possible. So if he gets two games under his belt before Atlanta, that's huge. Um, but I do want to say one more thing on Reed quick. I just want to slow the roll. You know, you guys, you, you fans on Twitter, like you guys are – fully in it and I, I love it but saying that Reed is like gonna be a lottery pick and he's gone in one year it's like hold on let's let's slow down a little bit like he he looks good but like is he gonna be able to play this defense on James Harden next year like like Kyrie Irving you know Steph Curry like hold on let's calm down a little bit like I love it I love Reed as a player but to say like oh this is a one-year thing he's going to the lottery it's like let's let's chill for a little bit, you know, because I I don't I I, st- I still see him coming back. He's not going to play like this every night. He's going to so, have some some tough games, but uh, it's encouraging that you know he hasn't really had a, a, like a really a bad game. I think the game after the Champions Classic, maybe like Stonehill, he had like he had like, he only had like two or four points maybe, but other than that, he looks good. 
Well, that, that was the games that DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards got going. I think it was that Stonehill. So, you know, you, you always wonder when these other guys come back, Aaron Bradshaw, or even just when DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards get, his, get it going, like they have been, but just we're still waiting on Edwards. Who's that going to take away from? It, we, when The one time when we've seen it happen, it took away from Reed Shepard, but it actually didn't take away from him. He was doing everything else off the ball. I think, if I remember correctly, after that game, he still had the highest plus minus. I know how we feel about that rating, but to have like – just a handful of points on he might even had zero. He was still one of the most productive players on the court when DJ and Justin got it going. And he's embraced that role. He even said that there was a quote that came out um, when he first committed to Kentucky. Um, he said, if I'll do what they asked, him, what, how would he fit into the system when he got here? And he's like, I'll go get the water for people. If I need, he is here, he's all committed. And it's the nights that they need him to hit seven threes and drop 20 points. He'll do it. The nights that he needs to have zero points and have seven, six, six, seven assists. He'll do it. Um, that's a, that's you could not ask for a better guy off the bench. Um, and sorry, I'm not trying to harp so much on Reed, but you know, I'm just excited. You know, did you see that tweet last night? There was a girl that said, um, "How do I tell my boyfriend there's a guy from London that I like, be- love more better than him?" Sorry, I just butchered that. But did you see that tweet? That was hilarious. That was funny. Who? How do I tell my boyfriend that I like somebody from London, Kentucky, more than him? I thought that was funny for sure. Um, but yeah, I like. And I love that, you know, there's not this pressure on Antonio Reeves, like, and the whole team. It's like that tournament game and even the Champions Classic game, it's like if he's not hitting, you're toast. You know, like I I like how there's so many different options. Um, so Antonio didn't even shoot that much from deep. He, he had his mid-range going, a couple, like, off the glass, little floaters. I like that part of his game that I think he should embrace more especially when you got Reed, you know, hitting threes like that space on the floor. Um, and Rob, who can, you know, hit any shot on the court, it feels like. Uh, so that's nice for Antonio, and he's always going to get his his 18 points. But I like how he kind of switched up a little bit. He's not just chucking up threes, which felt like if he wasn't in his threes last year, the, the this team was going to lose. So it's a good added element for him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. No pressure on these guys. And I think that's why we're seeing such high performances already, like this early from them. We're only seven games in, um, still the end of November. There's abs- It seems like there's absolutely no pressure on these guys. And I know you're still – I mean, you've only played two quality opponents outside of Stonehill that gave you a little run for your money. But, like, if the shots are not falling from a guy, they've got five to six other guys who can pick up the slack. Like, this team's deep, and I think, you know, I can just remember as back when being a player, a below-average player myself, um, when if I shots weren't falling and I had if I had someone around me that could just pick up and it's like, hey, it's your night, so it made me feel a lot more confident and less pressure when I was out there. So it's got to feel this way for them, and they've mentioned that a bunch this year. It's like, man, any night – any guy can go for 20 and they've all said multiple um, options, multiple times have said, if it's their night, we're all in, we're giving it to them feeding the hot hand and just, you ride the hotness and you ride the success. And this team is going to lead to a lot of points this, game, uh, this year with that way. They've scored over 81. And I think every single game, which last year, I think Cal said it right at 81 is what their goal was for every game. And they did not come close to that very often. So this team has put up a lot of points and it looks like they're going to keep doing it all year long. Yeah. I mean, put, I mean, yeah, I want to see more out of Justin. Um, I wasn't at the couple games. I think last week he had two games of twenty points, or maybe just one. But he's last he's a two, better. Yeah, he uh, he had eleven five for seven. I mean, everyone shot well. I mean, you shoot sixty percent from the field, fifty nine percent. That's absurd. So, um, 
you know, everyone shot well. He shot well five for seven. I like him getting to the rim attacking, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it seems like his three-point shot just kind of isn't there. Um, you know, I'm, I, hopefully it develops. Um because, you know, if he wants to get to the NBA, he's going to have to hit those. And, uh, you know, he was projected to be a lottery pick. If he if he just can't shoot, then, you know, I don't know if he leaves. You know, I don't know if he goes to the NBA. Maybe, I mean, he probably could still be a first-round pick, even if he doesn't have that part of his game developed. But um, I think that's what will take him into being, you know, potential top-ten pick. Because he's explosive, man. Those couple dunks were awesome. Uh, he's a fun player to watch. But I just watching him in warm-ups, it just kind of, you know, I was watching the warm-ups before the game. It was like he kind of just, like, never makes them. You know, I, I don't know what he is for the season, but it can't be that high. And not to say it won't get there. I think it could, but that'll be something to keep an eye on as, you know, an added element. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Justin Edwards has been one of the, you know, quote, stars to be kind of more disappointing so far. And we're still really early, but like everybody else is getting it going. DJ Wagner took a little time too, but he's gotten it going. Um, So, you know, thankfully going off that same point is like last year, if we had Justin Edwards on that team, you know, the pressure's on him as well. And if it's not working, who knows what kind of slump he goes into and the team as a whole. So thankfully, you know, we do need him to get it going, but like, if it happens in the middle of the season, he picks up in the second half of the year, it's not the end of the world. You know, we'd love to have him back. You know, I know it's kind of early to say that, but we'd like to have, have him back and the other guys can get it going for him. It, it doesn't all ride on his hand, which is a very good feeling to have a deep team. Cause you know, it's, it's been some time since we've had a team that can just shoot like this from many different weapons. Yeah. He's, he's at 32, 31, 32% from three, seven for 22. Not bad, but DJ is seven for 28. That's yucky. But, uh, Man, Reed is <laughs> Reed is sixty three percent from three. That's so absurd. And like a few of those, you know, he chucked up a few late that were like, or maybe it was just a couple late that were bricks. Like that could have been even higher. And he soon, I mean, sixty five percent from the field. That's insane. Roddy, like three three pointers. Like how I want to. I would like to know how many games Reed would have multiple three pointers made in the same game like three plus a game like that's got to be pretty impressive too oh for sure rob d also i mean 52 percent from the field 53 percent really three that's impressive so obviously it's early but still even like you know seven games in six games seven games in it's kind of like you know it's starting to it's going to start to level out but you know reed's not going to shoot 63 the whole year but if he's like He's like in the high forties. Like that's that's really good. And Rob will Rob will certainly flatten out. But um, Trey, he's shooting fifty seven percent from the field. That's really good. Um, I I like that. He's thirty six from three. So that's that the team shooting fifty two percent from the field. That's really good. If you're in the fifties, you're, you're a good team. Um, if you're in the 40s from three, you're a good team, and that's what they're at. They're at 42, 43. So they're good, man. They're that, that Miami wins a good win. It's gonna look good around March because you know Larinaga's team. They're, they're gonna have a good shot to win the ACC. I mean, depending on you know how Duke and North Carolina look, they're they they couldn't make a run at that. And um, they're shooting now that I have the stats, 73% from the from the line. Could be better, um, but they're rebounding pretty pretty well considering the fact that they don't have their bigs uh i know you brought up bradshaw so 
Yeah, we should talk about him. Like, I he looked good in warm-ups. I don't know, um, producer Tim, you were there. I don't know if you uh, were saw Bradshaw, but I thought he looked good. He was hitting a good amount of them um, from, like, long twos. He wasn't shooting really many threes, but he was shooting long twos, and he looks good. Okay. Yeah, I saw I, – um, I got to saw some videos from it. Um, I couldn't tell like the video that I was looking at. I didn't see his feet in it, so I couldn't tell. I was like, if he is he shooting threes or long twos? And I was thinking it was long twos because his body didn't look too, all the way out there. Yeah. But you know, I think that was his first full warm up routine that he's went through all season long. So like you know he's been out there a couple times shooting, but he went through the full warm ups that night um, before the game, and so that's that's exciting to see his progression. I, I think my biggest takeaway from that point right there is. The fans that kind of were harping on, is he ever going to play? I, I never bought it for a second. No one with no one credible at all ever said anything like that. It was all fan talk, just just opinionated stuff that was uninformed. But for the ones that were doing that, it's like now you can't say that anymore. Why would he, he be out there um, playing, you know, getting all these things if he's not going to play here? He, he's definitely going to play here. You could throw that out the door, and I think it's going to be pretty soon, you know. Uh, I I hope he does. I really hope he does get some minutes, like just like six, seven minutes, just run up and down the court this Saturday. Don't expect a thing from him is how I would approach it. You know, just go out there and just get your legs under your feet. You know, I don't know what his status is of how much he can get up and down, but hope you hope that you get a big lead on this team. It's another comfortable night in Rupp. Um, and I'd like to see him just kind of get a little embraced by the fan base until he goes out on the road where all the Kentucky fans are just a few of them out there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and I don't know, because I'm kind of bittersweet because it feels like the best lineup might still be with what we're seeing right now with Trey at the small ball five, like that might be what they close games with. So you're just looking for some minutes from Bradshaw, like, you know, rim protection, you know, some, you know, I don't think he's going to shoot a lot. You know, Cal doesn't let his big shoot. So I don't think he's going to shoot a lot from, from deep, but I think, you know, if he could defend, you know, he's got to be able to defend pick and rolls, you know, he's got to be able to 
you know, crash the boards and, and then get out and run. I don't know how fast he is. You know, those are going to be some things that, you know, we're going to have to see out of, you know, the limited minutes that he's going to get early on. And then if he, if he develops a good offensive game, that'll be really exciting, but it's, it's not something that should be expected anytime soon. Um, you know, not till January, you know, at, at the earliest. Um, and then the other bigs, I mean, who knows that big Z is, getting sick like can we get this guy some vitamin c please <laughs> can we go to kroger and get him some vitamins like, Max off the or something <laughs> dude, take some vitamins like it's you know i hope he's okay he they said he's okay he just had a high fever and stuff but um he's got to get there you gotta i don't know what the deal is with him so um it, it's you're only you're not looking for a lot out of those bigs and yeah. we know we knew that so bradshaw is just extra he's got all that potential if he doesn't figure it out, I could see him staying another year, you know, I've, unless he just kind of goes crazy and starts hitting everything. But uh, that, obviously that decision talk is obviously for March, April. But um, I like I like what he brings as a player. I just don't know how much he's going to give right away. And even like for multiple weeks until he actually gets in the you know, midseason form, and then you're in the heat of SEC play. And I know there's some some okay bigs in the SEC, but not many. So he's gonna have good opportunities. Um, but I, I, I just wish he was in that Kansas game. You know, to see him go against Hunter Dickinson and, uh, you know, go up against Baycott for North Carolina. You know, those are some interesting tests for the team. Well, here's the thing with the Bradshaw situation. It's like if if you sit here and think about his return. As a fan, I, anyone listening, I would like for you to really think about this. How do you feel about if the team, that the players that are available right now was all we had the rest of the year? I'm rolling with this team. I would love to have Bradshaw. On paper, he's supposed to be a big impact on this team. And I fully expect that will happen one day when he gets back in the mix. But, like, if you think of the mindset of, like, the team that we have right now, how far you think this team could go? I'm, I'm rolling with this team. I'm excited, and we'll take whatever else comes. So if an unexpected like Z never plays or if something crazy happens and they don't go how we everybody expects it, it's not like we're in the position of we're lacking major, major down low. Trey Mitchell isn't the best, but he's been better than people would thought. I'm glad we're not in the position of we're, we're getting exposed down low, but when Bradshaw comes back, we'll be a solid team. I like the position of this team's solid right now. And then when we get him, we'll be elite, elite, hopefully. So I'm just glad, I'm just glad we're on the other side of the aisle compared to like what, you know, the overall feeling has been for years now. So, you know, we'll take what, we'll take what we get when he gets here. And like you said, I don't think fans should really have expect him to have, you know, a bunch of points from day one. He's got to come back a couple of weeks to ramp up, up and get his legs under it get the feel of college basketball he's not played college basketball yet he's only played high school basketball so you think about when these early games for all the other freshmen you know the first few games might have been slow for him Aaron Bradshaw is going to have all that it's brand new to college basketball so you know fans give him time but you know by the time it comes mid-January mid February you know we'll have most of that stuff way behind us and we'll be looking forward to posit more of what this team can actually uh, reach yeah, you know, playing a team, that's what it's going to come down to. You're going to need them when you're playing a team with a really good big, right, a tall big. You know, you're you're just going to need them. Um, you know, playing a team like Miami who's guard heavy and then has one big that's kind of like Trey Mitchell, it's like, okay, that's a great recipe, you know. And I like their big. I, I don't know how to say his name because I didn't hear the broadcast. Omir, he was good. Um, he hit a three, but he, he could run the floor pretty well. 
uh, you know, 26 and five, that's a, uh, or 20 and six, and then he fouled out with five fouls. But, and then that number five, Poplar, that dude was a baller. So Miami's got some, got some guys. So I think it's a good win for the team. Um, you, you got a couple other okay non conference games, and then SEC play start. So I I think I'd probably put my money on this team winning the SEC. Um, you could have said that before the year, anyways. But if if they can play like this, man, against teams that don't have a good big, like that's most of the SEC, and that is a pretty scary sight for the for the conference once league play starts. So they could get on a pretty serious run. Um, I like the team a lot. I'm trying to think of, you know, some things I'm concerned about, but I'm not really concerned about a lot, you know, really just kind of how Adu and Edwards kind of keep figuring out that, you know, that forward position. I mean, that they, they're better when they just go guard heavy anyways, but um, Adu, I like how he got some buckets uh, in the Miami game. He, he knows how to, you know, find his and he's cool with his role, but, um, I definitely see his, you know, his minutes going down once Bradshaw gets back, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I hate it because the dude's been phenomenal in his opportunities. You know, he's he's definitely taking an advantage of being having a lot of extra more minutes than he wouldn't have thought he would have gotten to start the year. But yeah, I think he he um, for in my opinion for sure Jordan Burks. I think those are the guys that lose minutes first. Yeah. Um, Burks for sure. But I think with the dude, it's like you never predicted him to have crazy minutes. So right now, you just take what you get from him. And if someone's not having an eye or they're injured or they're out for whatever reason, a dude's a great guy to have as you're pretty much one of your last rotation pieces. 28 so 28 a lot of minutes. Nine points, six boards, three assists, two. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, he's he's good. And I like how Trey facilitates, too. You know, it's 14 points with seven assists. He, he also gives another – kind of calming presence out there. So uh, I like how this team's facilitating. But, uh, yeah, I wonder what it's I – mean, Cal's going to let all these guys eat, but, you know, and they'll all get minutes. But, you know, Adu, I don't know, maybe he maybe he transfers, you know, after this year. Um, maybe it would be nice if he stuck around next year because he probably could get a lot more opportunities. But yeah. with another, you know, good class coming in, he might, he might bounce. And, and I think he could kind of have – a similar kind of, you know, Keon Brooks, um, you yeah. know, uh, and then uh, what's his face that went to Providence, uh, Bryce oh. Hopkins, yeah. um, you know, kind of like, you know, get it, go and find somewhere that will give you an opportunity. He could actually be a good player. Um, but yeah. Um, so we do have to go straight to break real quickly for this ad read, um, but we will be right back right after this. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. 
And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. So we have survived the heartbreak. Michael, glad to see you back here. Tim, I know we can't see you, but I'm glad you're here too. Um, so back to where we were getting into, um, you know, we do rep Kentucky for field of 68. So we've got to kind of stay consistent with, can you see him starting to come around to our side like we were harping on this summer when we first got picked up by him? You know, we 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 destroyed their backcourt rankings. Um, shoot, our our um our backup backcourts were better to be in that category. And so I don't know. We saw the tweets last night from Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster, and it looks like they're they're buying in. You know, it's early. You know, they they do like to give a little hate to Kentucky sometimes, a lot of times, but we stand our toes just fine here, you know, let's get into it. So I did see a tweet last night and I've got to, I've got to point this out. Jeff Goodman says, breaking, I hear everybody change my final four pick from St. Mary's to Kentucky. And now I didn't ever see his final four picks before. And I've got to think there's some type of joke in there with St. Mary's. I'm not picking up on, but he's throwing Kentucky in his final four picks already. Um, Rob Doster says he had a tweet in here as well. I can't find it now. But then Jeff Goodman also updated his top 10. Tennessee's in the mix, or Kentucky's in the mix at eight. Tennessee's at 10. So I think they're just buying in early instead of waiting all year long. And, you know, the national media was all over that game last night. I think it was a big statement win uh, against the Tulla team, fresh off of Final Four. that It brought it back a lot of people from last year. I think they started getting a little bit buzzed when Kentucky almost won against Kansas. Um what do you think? What did you see? Did you get to pay attention to a lot of the national media? Not that I really put a lot into what they say. I'm I'm more of a local media guy because we're here covering the team. But it seems like everybody's buying into this Kentucky team already. Dude, imagine if they beat Kansas. <laughs> like, imagine if Reeves hits like one of those threes late to push to overtime, and then you know they do something so and and win that game. Then let's like then they're gonna talk about oh this team's going undefeated. It's like Whoa, you know, so I, I, I like this team. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, people are getting, picking them up. As I said, I think they, you know, are the, should be the favorite to win the SEC. It'll be fun face to see them face Tennessee and a couple of these other teams. I don't, Arkansas, any, you know, I don't, I don't buy Arkansas it. Lost, um, man, I think Kentucky's proud. As an Arkansas, uh, lost, like the- I think they dropped one early, and I think Alabama almost did. So, like, those powers of the SEC aren't powering very much this year, but Kentucky's holding just strong. Yeah, I think they could definitely win the SEC. But you never know in March, man. So, I'm not going to make any Final Four predictions. Yeah, I think they got as good of a shot as anybody to get there. Um, all it takes is one game, though, where you just – nobody can do anything. So, you know, that's why it's good to have, like, Trey Mitchell in there and who can like, you know, be steady presence, but he's, he can't really go get a bucket. You know, you need guys that, um, you know, can go get buckets. So I like seeing Reed do this, this early, if he does it all season, you know, then, then you got you at that point, you just have so much talent. You just have more talent than anybody else. And that's what could get you to the final four. But um, I still want to see this team gel a little bit. They still have, you know, some weird 
you know, stretches on offense that, you know, I want to see them work through, but not many. I mean, you're putting them 90, 100 points. Like, you're looking as good as anybody in the country right now. Well, I do want to ask you about that. So, you know, it's it's very easy for fans and people covering their team and things to buy into what's all the success that's going on right now. It's sometimes, it, for me at least, it can be easy to overlook their weaknesses. If you had kind of had to go off just right now through seven games and looking at what their weaknesses are, what would be a, a couple of things you'd kind of point out that just stick out to you? I know their defense is there, but do you have any things that you know I just haven't thought of that would be maybe a weakness? You've they've got to get this going before you know they they become elite elite. I know yeah, deep- I think obviously rim protection, you know, something you know that will improve once Bradshaw gets back. I think they give up too many. Um, looks at the rim they do a good job of defending them but like Miami got you know you know some backcourt passes into some looks at the rim you know like you know so the defense has to you know wake up a little bit and um, but as I said they did a good job of like you know not letting Miami get a second run if they did I would have been more concerned and it would have been obviously a much closer game but um I think it's just that free throw shooting. Uh, they they obviously don't turn the ball over much, which is a great sign. Um, you know, there's just the turnover ratio is like number one in the country or something. It's up there. I'd like to see them if if I could add into that. I, w- I would like to see them get started off quicker. You know, it's it's kind of middle of the road, and then you have your off the bench production to be a spark to get things really going. Then it's from there on, it's pretty nice. But they've a couple times this year they've started off down early. Um, so that's, that would be my biggest complaint, defense, everything that you went over as well. Um, so, you know, maybe just a hotter start, but you know, if, if things are going hot, then Reed and Rob don't come off as early. So you, you give and you take it, um, you know, there, there's goods with everything, you know, if Aaron Bradshaw would have been here from day on, day one, Trey Mitchell, we wouldn't have really got to see what we've gotten from him. Um, do there the arrow for sure. Um, we probably would see more of Trey Mitchell than what I just mentioned there, but like a dude, the arrow definitely. Uh, so, you know, there's good through everything. There's bad through everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to complain about, you know, things are going pretty good right now. There's a lot of fun vibes around this program. Uh, but going off getting the bucket that we were just talking about, if you kind of just throwing you on the spot here, um, if you had to pick like with no preparation, who would do you think be would be Kentucky's top five scorers through all seven games? Like who would you have to guess who's put up the most points for this team? Mm-hmm. Now the actual ones, and we'll see how how good it feel, you know, how close it feels to actually what it actually is. Yeah, top five leading scores. You got to go Antonio uh, and Trey, probably. Yeah, and then uh, Reed and Rob. And then the fifth would be, I don't know. Uh, oh, you better. Let's. It's all on you. You're about to go five for five. Who you got? Uh, it's, is it Edwards? Probably not. Oh, or is oh, it? Oh. You were so close. You got four for four. The last one was DJ Wagner, surprisingly. Oh, DJ. Wow, that's interesting. Edwards was six. But, man, you were spot on. So, well, How the, close was that? What are they getting? So Antonio Reeves is number one. Averaging 18.9 a game. Um, tra- uh, Rob Dillingham second off the bench, 15.4 a game. Um, Trey Mitchell, 14, third place, 14.9, just right behind Rob. Fourth place is DJ Wagner, 13.1. And Reed Shepard, fifth at 12.3. So 
you've got number one, Reeves, number two, Dillingham, three, Mitchell, four, Wagner, fifth, Shepard, and sixth, Justin Edwards. So you were spot on, just that fifth and sixth guy was just a little off. But Reeds, Reeds also had a seven, I think of seven threes made in that one game. He Last night he was the leading scorer with 21. So he's had some hot nights to make up for it. What are the – what's Edwards getting a game? Edwards is six, and he has got 12.3, so just about a point behind Reed. But, again, Reed's had some hot games to kind of fluctuate. He had a game with no points to throw in that mix, you know. So Wagner's got 13. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, DJ, that ankle, I don't know. He, uh, You probably saw that clip that they caught on the broadcast where he, you, they were mouth-reading, and it looked like he said it's broke, bro. So Yeah, but, it, you know, he should be all right. You know, he, the limp wasn't great. Uh, um, that was like – it's not just he rolled it. Like, it looked worse based on how he was limping off. He probably sprained it pretty good, uh, maybe. Uh, but he looked like he grabbed his knee, too. Like, not just his ankle. So – but they said ankle. Um, he got on the bike, which is a good sign. So hopefully, yeah, I, I'd i be shocked if he plays Saturday. But hopefully he plays the, the Penn game. But it might be like a might be like a three-week thing. Who knows? Yeah. Man, I, I don't think you push it in this Saturday. There's no reason to. You're going to win this game. Why not let Reed do his thing again? If not, like, try something different. I mean, let – you know, Reeves come up the up the court with the ball a couple of times. Like, just you're going to win the game against UNC Wilmington. There's no reason to have DJ Wagner out there. Why why rush it unless he's good to go? I'm I'm in that same boat too. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting into it, Kentucky has let's do some quick math. Five days off, so they play this Saturday in front of Rupp Arena. You know, fresh off of twenty thousand people inside of Rupp. Uh, oh, I don't know how we didn't get to this point already, but what about John Wall just showing up unannounced? Seemed like unannounced to us. I'm, I'm sure they knew he was coming there. I think he came out as the Y. I'm sure 20,000 fans went nuts. Uh, I don't know, man. I love seeing that. John Wall's so cool. I don't even care to, to be corny and say it. He's, he's got the swagger about him. He was here to get this thing rolling when Cal first got here. Him and Cal's always stayed close throughout the years, and he comes back and just gets fans excited. You know, we see him in the Champions Classic every year, rooting team on early. Uh, I don't know. I selfishly like to see John Wall just show up and get the crowd rowdy for a few minutes. Oh, my God. The crowd was so rowdy. And then my buddy Chad texted me. was like, John Wall shots at Stagger after the game. I was like, absolutely not on a Tuesday. I got to go to bed. But, yeah, that was fun, man. It was a great crowd. They were into it from the from the opening tip. You know, sometimes for these non-conference games, they fans get in a little late, but they were awesome. I think seven thirty tip helped get people there a little earlier. That crowd was awesome, and that's one of the most fun crowds. And then the the in-game entertainment on the big board was hilarious. Like they had a they had like a backwards. It was called a snackwards cam, where like they take people eating food and then they play it backwards. So like, <laughs> you see like people like take a chip out of their mouth. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, and then they got Jay Billis like licking an ice cream cone, and it was like the ice cream was coming out of his mouth. It was like disgusting, yeah. but so funny. And then they did like a holiday lookalike cam with like Yukon Cornelius and you know a bunch of other you know Scrooge and like other you know holiday characters lookalikes in the crowd. So it was fun, man. That that was a that was a great game, Producer Tim. I know he would agree. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like that they. um 
it, it's not the world's coolest thing, but they're trying, they're trying to make the timeouts and stuff more exciting yeah. instead of just the same old routine. So I, I'm, I'm for it. I like it. And, and the, I think the key is I'm no expert at this, but if you can get the kids and the young people, there excited, the, the adults are going to follow. So, you know, if you got the parent that's just sitting there, just like, yay, go cats. But then you get their kid rowdy and excited, like they're that's going to be perfect for the both of them. So if you can attack the kids and get them going, put them on the camera, I think things will spice it up a little bit and let things be more fun. Um, again, going off, there was the largest crowd. I think it says 20,119. That student section got the blue and white split. Um, a lot of buzz before the game of trying to get that coordinated. Um, I think I saw some pictures. Again, I, I didn't get to make it to that game, but the two end zones up the top that are normally got that little empty patch, Think it were they pretty full, weren't they? I remember yeah, they saying, were full. Were they? Yeah, they were full. I like that they showed up. You know, I knew that I, we could always count. I didn't think it wouldn't happen, but they showed up for a big game, early game, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it had an effect. You know, I don't think you go on that big of a run if you're playing. You know, at another power at their place. You know, it, it's the, the momentum's everything. I always stood by that. Momentum's everything. Home court is most of the time everything. I don't know. It's another feel-good win, another statement win. And now we're looking to UNC Wilmington this Saturday at 7, I believe, another Saturday night game. And then they're off for another week until the next Saturday when they go up to Philly for Penn. Um, it's the kind of the homecoming game of what they're saying for uh, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw. So, you know, their local crowd is going to be there. Kentucky fans will travel and be a big environment, another road environment that they should win. And then they're off for another week to play Carolina. So it's kind of like three games in three weeks. It gives them a little break to kind of get things, you know, Aaron Bradshaw coming back, DJ Wagner hill up. Um, so as things are going to slow down just a little bit to give us time to kind of regroup and, and not go Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday again. So I'm excited, man. Um, <clears throat> before we get out of here, did you have any final thoughts about upcoming schedule? I mean, Carolina's right around the corner. Yeah, man, I'll be I'll be in Atlanta covering the game. So I'm excited about that one. But yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, all, other than that, that's all I got. Um, we will catch you guys next time. Just subscribe to the Phil 68 YouTube, the Cats Coverage YouTube. But we're putting out all kinds of player interviews after the game, Cal's press conference. I mean, we're holding down the fort on our end, too. Um, so we're putting out articles throughout the week. Follow us on social media uh, at Terrell Trace, at Tim Smith TC. I know you all can't see him, but he does all of our photography, photography and video work. Uh, some impressive stuff too that we're putting out on social media. So give him a follow too. And uh, Michael, where can fans keep up with your, all your great work as well? And Michael Epps TV on uh, Twitter and Fox 56 Sports. Just uh, tap in. We got some good stuff. Yes, sir. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. Please share. It helps us grow. Get some of our hot takes, clip it so that when we're wrong, you can expose us or you can ride with it while we're hot and they all make sense. So uh, again, thank you.